Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pro Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alfstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. Hey guys, how's it going? Pro Football Playbook podcast listeners, welcome into the show. I'm Bill Alpstead, your host, sitting down with Keith Myers, co-host here every week, one or two times a week at this point. And uh, right now we're uh, talking about Senior Bowl standouts from this last week's game. Uh, Senior Bowl took place. I couldn't tell you who won or lost because I didn't pay attention to that part. I was looking at players. And so we're here to talk about a few few of the standout guys. We're going to leave the uh, the ones that we thought kind of fell back a little bit um, to other pundits, and we're just going to stick with the positive stuff because uh, there's already so much to talk about. Um, we'll just go in that direction. So how you doing, Keith? And I'm doing good, and I just want to point out that uh, I also don't know what the score was, nor do I care because that is not what the Senior Bowl is about. It is not. It is a showcase of, you know, the top 104 uh, or 108 guys or whatever it is um of course a few college more guys football. than that but that's how many are going to get drafted according yeah, to jim nagy and he's not wrong um and so it's it's a it, these are just i mean they're all seniors so the underclassmen don't get invited but um these are all players these are all college players that are going to get drafted and um it is a good time it's more than just a showcase it's an evaluation tool and the practices mean far more to the game than the game except for quarterbacks but by then you are kind of already know who your quarterbacks are um but for everybody else the practices mean more to the game the game's just for fun so as yeah. long as nobody gets hurt um you know game's just another thing most nfl teams their scouts have gone home before the game starts yeah except for the ones that are that are paying attention to the quarterback position you're right mm-hmm. and, and, and they can kind of get and then you leave one person. You don't you have your whole five or six, you know, five or six person <laughs> right. contingent. 
everyone goes home but the one guy who's watching the quarterbacks play. Well, so. speaking of quarterbacks, I've got my notes start with quarterbacks, and then after that, it's completely jumbled in in random order, uh, just talking about players. So I thought I would just kind of run through them and um, get a little feedback and kind of find out um, if they help themselves a little bit for this draft, if they hurt themselves, kind of where their standing is in their position groups. Kenny Pickett um, was kind of my first player that I took notes on. Six of six for 89 yards, one touchdown in the first quarter. Passed to Abram Smith. Um, his longest completion was to North to Dakota State's Christian Watson, who I thought had a, a, a interesting game, kind of made a name for himself in this in this week's practices and games. 38 yards, 20 yards after the catch on that. And that's what he is. Christian Watson, just uh, you know, a side note, wide receiver. He's going to be kind of your um, your slot receiver option in the NFL, um, and came out and really impressed everyone uh, with his work during the week and his ability to separate and so forth. So it'd be an interesting name to watch if he's a riser uh, so, up draft boards. You started out with quarterbacks, and then we're yeah, talking Kenny, about a wide receiver. I know, but Kenny Pickett. <laughs> let's get back onto Kenny Pickett. Um, I thought he heard him. You speak of uh, the fact that quarterbacks. Um, you know, during the week we're evaluated and everyone goes home. That's true. He did hurt himself. I thought a little bit early in the week had an uneven practice on Tuesday. Wednesday was a complete whitewash because of um, a storm that passed through. So heavy rains and winds just kind of wiped everything out. But then again, Malik Willis looked good during Wednesday's practice when all that was happening as well. So yeah, he was the guy I wanted to talk about when it was quarterback because he looked good every day in practice and. Yeah. Um, looked well, the reason the I brought up Kenny Pickett is because he was kind of the consensus first quarterback off the board on it's most true. people's boards, and I'm wondering from you if he helped or hurt himself during the senior. I don't. Year. I don't think he did either. I think he came. He showed the, the same the, teams like him or or don't like him. He showed that he is exactly who we thought he is. He's a good quarterback in a weak quarterback class. Um, he would still be number six if he was drafted a year ago i would isn't have, that the truth i would have ranked him underneath all five of the first round quarterbacks from last year but that doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback he's just it's he's no he's he's the best quarterback in this draft um but it's a weak class so i i think you have to take both of those things together and i think he showed exactly that can he make all the plays yes um is he is he a fantastic like prospect not really but he is nfl ready he can step in he'll, and play he's right probably away. the most nfl ready if that's the criteria that you're looking at as far mm -hmm. as an nfl team do you need somebody that's going to come in and help you right away um i don't know if he would help you right away necessarily he's going to have absolutely have growing pains his first season but he's probably one of the quarterbacks identified that's going to get pressed into service sooner rather than later uh just by the nature of the of, of where he may end up um, but we'll see. Um, did now Malik Willis had an interesting week because I think he did help himself. He played in a weak division, a weak conference, whatever you want to call it, weak competition. He, he played at Liberty. He played at Liberty, right? And he didn't have anybody. He, nobody else on that team is getting drafted, right? So mm -hmm. no wide receivers. There, no talent. Okay, so let's just be blunt. No talent around him at all. He made plays with his legs most of the time, and that's kind of what. He is, in essence, as a as a prospect in the NFL, is he's really kind of confined to teams that are allowing their their quarterbacks to be essentially running backs. 
And well, he's more than that because he look at what he did, especially in the rain and wind on, I believe it was Wednesday. And he was throwing the ball all over the place. Good accuracy down the field in the weather. Um, he's more than a running back. This isn't is he um, the, uh, the next Lamar Jackson. No, I think he's the next. Um, God, who's the guy that um, San Francisco just drafted last year? Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah. Which you, I talked about Trey Lance so much last year. The fact that his name slipped <laughs> my mind is absolutely well, absurd. It slipped to your mind because they didn't play him. It's true. They didn't play him all year. I think Malik Willis is Trey Lance. I think he has similar Minus skill the sets. physical attributes, though. Some of them. He's still, God, he's got a, he's got a huge arm. Um, and can really throw the ball. He can and he run can take well. off and run. He just really does. But he, my my thing with him that I thought about before the Senior Bowl and then watching Senior Bowl practices and after the game, he's the same guy that I thought he was going in though. He's a one read, pull it down and run guy. And prove me wrong on that, Keith, because I, that's what I saw. I can't prove you wrong on that because that's what he showed in the game. Um, but I I know that he. He might be a one read um, guy at this point, but that doesn't mean he's always going to be that. that it's true. That, that's it. uh, it's but true, it, Keith, but somebody's going to have to spend some time with him, maybe even two years if his, before if he gets his, his chance. If his, if you're asking, you know, if his one read at, requires him to throw the ball 40 yards downfield on a string, he can do it. If you want it to be a touch pass underneath, he can do that too. Um, just the physical skills are there. You're right. You've got to teach him a little bit about how to go through a progression. Um, but I still think the physical skills, you can't teach the physical skills. True. And he he's going to have to develop of them. And if he does develop um, the way that the team hopes that he would, he could be an outstanding prospect. But mm -hmm. I think it's going to be in this third year. I don't know that he's going to be the first-year guy, the second-year guy. I could be proved wrong on the second year. No question. Everyone I don't, said this. Everyone said the I same agree. thing about Lamar Jackson. I yeah, um, but you just said, said he's not Lamar Jackson. So I don't think so because I don't think he has that speed. Um, he's pretty I mean, darn. He shifty. is. But he, he's but more Lamar, shifty than he is straight line fast. Lamar Jackson is just elite athlete. Um, in terms of speed and, and everything. So, um, how about, um, Kyler Murray? Maybe, um, that seems like a pretty decent comp except for Malik Willis is how, how tall is Malik Willis? I'm not trying to tall. say Isn't quarterback height is everything, but it's, you know, six, five versus five eleven or five ten. So, um, let um, me see here. Malik Willis six, one, sorry, six, one, but he ran oh, a four, thinking, four, two, 40. Okay, so I'm thinking, I don't know why. Why was I thinking he was so much bigger? Well, Desmond Ritter, 6'4". Sam Howell's only 6'1". Kenny Pickett, 6'3". Matt Corral's six foot. So Malik Willis is just 6'1", but he is I the fastest of all the quarterbacks for sure. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's got some, he's got some speed. He's shifty. He's got, but he's got the arm talent that is, um, it's coveted in by the NFL. I just think he's a he's a high ceiling, really high ceiling. Well, let's talk about um, arm arm talent because in this in this um, senior bowl, I thought Sam Howell is the guy. Like, if you want a guy that's going to sit back and be able to make all the throws and the touch throws, Sam Howell's your guy. But he's not at 
all going to move outside the pocket unless he's just doing no, a quarterback no. snake. He's a statue. Yeah. So um, I would say Desmond Ritter has um, has more. He gained more in this than I thought he would. Like he probably he may have gained more than any of the other quarterbacks. Because yeah. I had Malik Willis high. I think he's a late first round talent. Um, him going to the Eagles, you know, and the back end of, the, of round one, I think would be a great fit for them because they've, it gives them a, a couple of years to see whether or not, um, you know, they, they, they want to go in that route, but he's, he, he's got just such a higher ceiling. Um, but Desmond Ritter came in, I was thinking he was like an early day three pick and he may be a second round guy. Um, I mean, he he started out weak. Let's just remember, let me be honest. He started out not great, um, but he improved as the week went on, and I was impressed with um, his ability to get the ball downfield in a hurry. And uh, I just think he's he's a guy that I need to go back and look more at. Yeah, interesting. And a guy that just wasn't there at all was Matt Corral. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Matt does in private workouts and at the combine. Um, another six foot, two hundred pound guy, not afraid to run the ball. Runs a four six five, but he's more elusive than he is fast. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how how he does and stacks up. I do know mm-hmm. that you know when you take a look at mock drafts and stuff, especially after the Senior Bowl, you got your risers and followers and so forth. Matt Corral just fell just because of the nature he didn't get a chance to participate. And, um, and that's, that is what it is, but I would imagine that he's probably going to be the first or second quarterback taken off the board, depending on which team needs what and and values, um, what kind Mm -hmm. of attributes with him. Yeah. Um, his lack of height, his lack of like his lack of physicality, um, I think is going to hurt him. And the fact that he didn't, you know, teams aren't going to have the senior bowl to go look at and go, here's him against top competition. Um, you know, in the draft class, you can't compare him directly to Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett was there. He and Matt Corral wasn't. I think and they're just that, completely all, different quarterbacks, too. True. But I, I just think you're going to look at that. I think it's going to hurt him. I think it was a mistake to not go um, because five of the top six quarterbacks did. He's the one who didn't. And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost one-third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 
21 and over minimum age and location requirements may vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And just so we know, too, Willis had uh, 54 yards rushing in the first quarter on four mm-hmm. carries, but he only had 11 yards passing in the game, too. Yeah. Um, Okay, and the other guy that participated that I just didn't really get a feel for at all was Carson Strong. I, I, I'm i not hearing bad things about him, not hearing good things about him. I'm not he hearing just, anything about him. I'm not hearing anything either, which is weird. And I'd yeah. be concerned if I was him. Yeah. Um, we didn't mention Bailey Zapp. I mean, True. he's not going to move up into the first round conversation, but he went from a guy that I think most of us thought he may not get drafted to a guy that's going to be a fourth round pick um he might I mean, be an interesting project for somebody yeah i mean he did he looked like he belonged all week he was he looked like he belonged and that is what he needed to do because he wasn't a guy on anyone's radar um i just have a bunch of guys now and so i'm just going to throw them out um boy mafi defensive end um edge from minnesota um He's expected to do like a 40-inch vertical and a 4.540. I've got him as a top 50 pick. He may have been a top 20 or 75 pick before the Senior Bowl. I think he helped himself. He was the national team player of the game, unblockable during practice. I wrote in my notes, stand-up rusher in college. They had him put his hand in the ground to show his scheme diversity there at the Senior Bowl. He ended up with two sacks, three tackles for loss, and one forced fumble on a strip sack um, during the 21. Uh, season he had seven sacks 10 excuse me yeah 10 tackles for loss he's a guy that i'm interested to see um and you know if, if somebody needs a pass rusher and they're waiting until the second round i think he's going to be a guy that's really attractive to teams oh yeah and he's an athletic freak uh um, yes so that's not gonna hurt <laughs> yeah he's gonna right. test real well at the combine yes absolutely what's what's uh what's the guys the the friedman um freaks he's on that list mm, he will be yeah yeah so you meant you started you went to edge rusher i thought the 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 biggest like the guy who did who used the senior bowl to make the biggest impact for yes. his draft position was jermaine johnson yes i agree State. and he was already a top 30 pick but he went from a top 30 pick to a top 15 pick in my mind now that needs to translate to where teams have him evaluated but man he just was unblockable at yeah. the senior bowl and just dictated terms and a guy like that at 262 65 runs a 450 could get, get into the 448 449 range at that size teams are going to just be like drooling to get Jermaine Johnson on their team yeah he's i mean he's a guy that um you're right i he was right in that range of uh he was a late first round guy man he's gonna i think he's gonna be an early first round guy like eight or nine top wow. 10 like right at the right at the end of the top 10 maybe he drops to 11 or 12 um because he just showed it's the I, speed Keith. you just can't teach that you just can't and it's more than just the speed he turned speed into power um during the drills and his ability to do that is 
So you it, leap, it's going to translate. You leapfrogged him over like a Cameron Thomas and a David Ajabo and a George Karloftis. Karloftis uh, Car- definitely put him into um, the square into the conversation of being a top yep. ten pick. Karloftis definitely. Um, Alabo, I think, is a guy that I think is going to. Man, he's right there too. I have a hard time. Uh, do I do? Do I jump him over that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Um, Another but, guy that's that that he may have leapfrogged as well as Drake Jackson, who a lot of folks have been talking about at two fifty, um, runs a four five. If he can get into the four four nine range, those two players could be comparable in the way that they disrupt offenses. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a fun group. Um, let's shift gears and go to the offensive line. I know you like this conversation, Keith. Yay! This is my part. Um, I just love Trevor Penning. Can you talk to me a little bit about the offensive tackle, Trevor Penning? Okay, so he, this is a guy that played at Northern Iowa. So you're you're thinking, oh man, this is a he might have the physical. He's going to be a project, uh, but his nastiness and his ability to just um, get after guys and just and just win not early in the down, but through the entire down. Uh, was great. He was the best offensive tackle there. I think he's a first round pick after what we saw because against the best pass yeah. rushers in the draft, he looked the part just yeah. straight up. I think he was a big winner. Um, yeah. I've in been this, telling so. people on and, and you as well that this is my favorite offensive lineman in the draft. It just is. And the You're, reason for it is not because of necessarily he's got the most refined skill set. In this draft, I think Evan Neal is, has that distinction. Uh, is he? Uh, does he have diversity? Can he play multiple positions? I think Charles Cross and and Kenyon Green have that distinction. Is this mm-hmm. guy the most tenacious guy that you want to go to battle with and be in the back alley with in a street brawl? Yeah, he's that guy. He's going to take you down. He's going to piss off defensive linemen all game long and you want that on your offensive line if you're trying to build an identity for your team and you want to be more aggressive and you want to dictate terms he's a guy you want on your roster he just is if you are if you are a team an nfl team that that puts a premium on running the football and i know that that's not you know the politically correct thing to to be about right now because Everyone's like, oh, running backs don't matter. Why are you running the ball? Passing game wins and blah, blah, blah. There are teams that want to be physical. They want to be dominant on the ground. They want to run the ball because it's about being physical and about beating teams up. And if you're one of those, you have got to have Trevor Pinning near the top of your draft board. He is perfect for that. And he's a guy who can get significantly better than he is right now because his technique at this current spot is not great in terms of development if you continue to improve his technique to go with everything else he has going for him you could end up with a fantastic player well and he always he already grades out as a better pass blocker than he is a run blocker he's six seven 330 pounds his arms are almost 35 inches he's got a 36 inch wingspan 36 inches keith i know it's come on the guy just uh, is just a is a freak of nature. I mean, Evan Neal is that guy as well, but mm-hmm. Evan Neal, uh, I'm going to just be completely honest. Evan Neal plays a different type of game. Um, and it's just one of those things. Trevor Penning is just a different beast, a different animal. I would still draft Evan Neal. I get it. 
I, I do. I, I really do. He's he's but not. Who just, wants it? Who wants to be successful more? He's not just a technician because he uh, he has the skills and all, but he's also got the physical talent. Um, he's got that dancing bear, uh, like what you know. That's that's kind of the the thing with with offensive tackles. Um, the, the best ones tend to get that thing, and he's got that. He's big. He's huge. He's strong but his feet are really good and he knows where to place his hands and when to move and when to shift. And, and he looks like a guy who steps in and is an instant difference maker. Um, Evan Neal is, I think Trevor Penning is also, uh, but in a different way and in a, I don't want to say a less dominant way, but just, I don't know, a less steady way. Yeah, no, he needs a little bit of refinement. There's no question, yeah. but I think that the will, the want, and the need is there uh, for Trevor Penning to be successful, and um, I think that's going to put him over the top. I, to me, he's just one of those can't miss draft prospects. Um, I, I don't know if I can say the same thing like about Kenyon Green, for example. You know, Kenyon Green's ranked higher. He's on everyone's board as the second or third ranked offensive tackle in this draft from Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure. I'm not sold on that. Um, the only other guy that I was prepared to talk about on the offense was Zion Johnson, the guard yeah. prospect out of Boston College, had an opportunity to take offensive center snaps at the Senior Bowl just because of lack of uh, centers uh, a in this draft and B at the Senior Bowl. And he did pretty well. Now, there's a mixed bag on him. I know that a guy like Rob Staten uh, with the BBC is a guy that doesn't put a lot of stock and Zion Johnson doesn't like him as a prospect very much. But most pundits out there are kind of giving this guy a first, second round grade. I'm not so sure he's a first round guy. Oh, but second or third round on him might be an interesting place to take a potential guy that could play three positions for you in the offensive line. He's a guy. Okay, first of all, he's a guard. Um, and guards are going to get drafted lower. Second of all, his his greatest asset is his ability to play really all five positions on the offensive line. Cause you could use him at tackle on a pinch, but he's not going to be good there ever. Um, he could be good at center. I think he's, I think him taking reps at center was fantastic for him. Uh, I think he's going to be, he would be, you know, your fourth tackle on game day. So if two people get hurt, he could play tackle for you. So more of an emergency guy, he could be your third guard. He might be a starting center. Maybe his value is his versatility and the fact that you can, (coughs) you can have him be the primary backup at all three positions in the interior. And, but where do you draft the primary backup guy? You don't draft him in the first round. If you were drafting, no, 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 no. But what, I mean, realistically, where did, where does this guy go? As a guy who has a chance to become a starting center, I could draft him in the round three and know that if the worst case scenario is that I have, um, a very versatile, valuable backup on my offensive line that can can come in and play three positions well, two positions in an emergency. Um, and I that's there's value there, but I don't draft him in round one. Hey, no. So uh, an interesting tidbit, and we just talked about Bruce Feldman's freak list, um, if you will, the guy, mm-hmm. you know, the guy that kind of measures athletic ability on prospects um he's on his list and he at six three three hundred and ten pounds coming into 
college, he jumped to 34.5-inch uh, um, vertical with an 8.8 .8 broad jump, a 4.7 shuttle, and 32 reps on the bench. That put him on the list. Um, so obviously, this guy is athletic. To me, at 6'3", 3'14", at the senior bowl, just looking at his body type, it didn't strike me as a guy that was like super athletic. So it surprised me a little bit that he might have been on that list. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. So how about, how about tight ends, Keith? This is a position that nobody's getting excited about, but I wanted to talk about Jake Ferguson and Greg Dulich uh, out of UCLA. Okay. Everyone talked about Jake Ferguson as being the, the tight end prospect in the senior bowl. It was going to be the highest drafted. He did great at the senior bowl, three catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown, 6'5", 250 pounds, does everything well, blocks in line, diversified, a jack-of-all-trades kind of tight end. Nobody was really talking about Greg uh, Dulcich out of UCLA before the senior bowl, and he came in and he was the most impressive tight end in, during the week. Um, both uh, inline blocking and then running and separating and kind of showing some explosive traits there. So I, I don't know if you had any notes on him or not. I just thought I'd throw it out there just because I thought they Honest, deserved to mention. We, didn't, we haven't talked about honestly, it Honestly, he is a guy that he is solid as a blocker, which I know is an underrated, and most people are like, oh, who cares? tight end can they get downfield can they stretch you know the middle and and do these things because that's a harder skill set to find and blah 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 uh he's got great hands i but you know what he's a guy that does so many things and his ability to to line up on the line and be a good blocker on top of being a passing threat um I just think that he people are underrating him. Um, mm -hmm. And honestly, one of the things that's kind of surprised me, and I'm just going to go out on a little rant here, UCLA has a bunch of guys in this draft that are way better than you'd think given yeah, that Pac, team's record. Pac-12 has, has an interesting track record of having guys undervalued that, you know, prior to the draft and then going yeah, but, higher than people expect. But part of it is that UCLA although they had some good upsets early in the season as a team, were kind of dreadfully bad for most of the year. Is Chip Kelly um, still there, Keith? He is still there because they owed him too much money to fire him. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so that but he knows, how to, he knows how to an offense. You know, the guy knows how to construct an offense. He just um, But that, that, this is my, my rant, is that there, if you go start looking at all of this and you start scouting players and you keep coming up with UCLA guys that are in the mix for you know, those middle rounds, the second, third, fourth round, there's a lot of guys in that range from UCLA. And you're thinking, how is this team so bad? And then you go, oh, that's right, it's Chip Kelly. Oh, come on now. No. I, I love no. that rant. I love that rant. No. You know, Chip Kelly was close to getting, you know, national championships at Oregon. He had he, a tough, tough, tough time in the NFL. And then, you know, has is just now starting to have the time to build back a program at UCLA. I'm interested to see if it turns the, out for him. What he did in at Oregon was new. It was innovative. It was fun. It got. And he had the right people. He had yeah. the right prospects. He went to the NFL and proved that system doesn't work. In two different places, it was like, wow, this is a mess. And now at UCLA, he's finding out that the, um, He's not a great recruiter. He doesn't want to do that. He's an X and O guy. 
Um, and you have to have, you have to be able to recruit. He doesn't recruit well. And you can't just win with that particular scheme anymore. You can't just be faster than everyone else in terms of the way that you operate. Because so many teams do it, people have learned how to defend it. Uh, and um, honestly, True. he got so little out of what looks like. I mean, look at the UCLA draft class. The guys that he's got in this draft class and where they're going to go, what their skill sets are. And then ask yourself, how did he do so little with so much? And you're going to, that's where my opinion of Chip Kelly is going to go. Um, and so there, rant over. Next. Okay. So uh, I want to talk about, I want to talk about one corner and then I wanted to talk about the defensive line players. Okay. Um, corner? Yeah. Tariq Woolen out of UTSA. The, the, he just keeps coming and popping into my head after watching him play and I can't get him out of my head. He's one of those guys that you never heard of before comes in, steals the show a little bit, um, performs higher than you expect it. And then he kind of wows you with his measurables and mm. it, it, it just kind of stays there. And he's that guy, six, three and three eights, 205 pounds. He ran according to GPS, 22.45 miles per hour at Tuesday's practice. Oh my goodness. That's fast. Ladies and gentlemen, that is just a really fast human being. Um, Two so, years of cornerback experience after converting does, from wide receiver. What He's is a bump U, and run corner? What does UTSA stand for? Oh my gosh! Don't ask me those technical questions, Keith. <laughs> that University, is not University of Texas San Antonio. Okay, uh, <laughs> I knew it was the University of Texas, but I wasn't going to guess the SA part. Um, um, sorry, you brought him up. I thought it was. I you know, I'd, last I'd week you tricked bit. me with 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 silly groundless wide receiver questions nobody cares about that position <laughs> keith and now you've asked me about like colleges and so, come on look at me i'm not a guy who's going to answer that question um okay sorry utsa um cornerback terry yeah. coolen this guy his measurables he's going to go into the combine and wow people and everyone's going to make oh my god who is this kid and Bill's going to be like, he's the guy I've been telling yeah. you about for yeah. two months. Yeah. Yeah. He athletically, <laughs> he is crazy good, but he is raw yes. as a cornerback. He is super athletic. He's m definitely more athletic than most of the wide receivers he'll be playing against um, at any level. Uh, and you know what happens to guys that are really athletic and have the size and are just really raw? They don't get drafted as high as we all think that they should. You know, we all do our mock drafts um, prior to the draft and we all look at those players and we're trying to figure out how we should fit them on our team. And we end up drafting them higher and higher every time we do the mock because somebody else discovers exactly what we discovered. And pretty soon you take a fifth round guy and you're mocking him in your third round. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I think is going to happen to this guy. He's just reminds one of those me guys. of. It reminds me of Menifanu. Yes, from exactly. A couple years ago. Exactly. Um, and and last, Trick was. Was it last year or that was two yeah, years ago? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's been so long. Um, to be fair, with COVID, the last year it seemed like four years. So, um, <laughs> anyways, so with Woolen, I think he's going to do that. I think he's going to be that guy that we keep projecting higher and higher and higher. And he's the NFL, they see his tape. They know that he's an athletic freak, but he's not going to go as high as we want him to. There's a I reason say, he wasn't recruited to play at Baylor or University of Texas A&M or some of the other bigger 
schools, LSU, etc. But athletically, he could have been. So why why was he still in San San Antonio? I think that that's going to come up. Or he grew three inches after he got to school. Yeah, that's possible too. Uh, But he is a guy that he performed really well in one on ones. He's he's smart. Long. He did get invited to the Senior Bowl, Keith. He did get that invite, and and there's something to be said about Nagy and his evaluation team. Yep. In in getting prospects that nobody's mm-hmm. ever heard of to come in and, and light it up. And light it up. That's the thing. And light it up. He's a guy who might have a lower floor compared to other guys in the draft, but his ceiling is high. And I can see him being picked late and then being really good. Um, and I've been trying to think of athletic kind of freakish players that get drafted late and end up being really good at cornerback that used to be wide receivers that used to be wide receivers and are still really rare. <laughs> and Bill is laughing because Bill knows exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, maybe say and it. Say it. Richard Sherman. Yes. He's a guy. Now Sherman was coming from Stanford, not UTSA, but, uh, but, but, Richard Sherman did go to school as a wide receiver. He went to school as a wide receiver. He spent a couple of years as wide receiver, then switched to cornerback, was not a particularly good cornerback. Um, You know, his first year as a cornerback, his second year, he was a little better, showed a lot of promise, but man, he didn't look, he was not looking like a guy who was going to be a first round pick or anything. But his athleticism was insane. His work ethic which, was which fantastic. Which round did Richard Sermon get picked in? Round five. Round five. Where did yep. I just say Tariq Woolen might get drafted? Round five. Round five. He's a guy that looks like a fourth or fifth rounder to me. He might end up as a career special teams player. But athletically gifted enough. But if you're going to pick a special teams player there, in the fifth round, he's your gunner and he's your guy and he's making all sorts of plays for you and gets a chance to be in the rotation, eventually learns a position. That's a perfect spot to pick a player like that. Yeah, because he's a guy that can do a lot of those things, uses athleticism. But if if his work ethic is what it's reported to be and he comes in and he really works and he learns, he's a guy that, yeah, sure, his floor is as a career special teams guy, but his ceiling if he can reach it, is, is Pro it Bowl is a Pro Bowl corner. How do you not take a guy like that if he's available in rounds four or five? I know. I think you have to, especially if you have extra picks. Okay, yeah. so he's before guy, we get out of here, he's we're a guy run... I really like. In case you can't tell, I, me, me too, <laughs> me too. Okay, so I'm going to throw out like five or six names, Keith, and you pick one that you want to talk about. Okay, defensive tackle Logan Hall, defensive end Kingsley and Ogbear. Um, D'Angelo, um, Malone, Perion Winfrey, or okay, you can stop talking because I that's the <laughs> okay. one I want to talk about. Okay, Perion <laughs> Winfrey. Here, I'm sitting here waiting. I'm like, oh man, please say Winfrey. Please say Winfrey. Please. Okay. Well, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Wyatt as well, but go ahead. Um, no Travis Jones. Interesting. Perry and Winfrey, um, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Um, he's a guy who did really well this week. Um, it, he was a guy as a pass rusher as an, he is an interior pass rusher. So a three tech get guy, super disruptive guards centers. They struggled with him. 
because of his his change of direction and his um, 86 inch uh, wingspan. <laughs> Can, oh can, my goodness that's Shaquille O'Neal type Shaquille, I mean this is a guy oh man those are like the longest arms you are not outreaching him he is going to be able to get in under your pads and he's quick for a guy who's 6'3 326 um honestly and emphasis has, Keith on quick not straight line fast no but you don't you're not you don't he's need the first a, step quick your defensive if you have a defensive tackle that's straight line fast you convert him to defensive end um no and he's got need... that quickness to power ratio down yeah like you don't he can need... really jar guys you don't need or for that matter really want your defensive tackles to be straight line fast you want guys that are quick because you have to it's that first step can you get um warren sap was probably the best i've seen as a three tech and his ability to at the snap of the football get between the guard and the tackle before the, the guard has a chance to move. And Perry and Winfrey reminds me of that. He's, I mean, he's bigger. Um, and, you know, Warren Sass like a Hall of Famer. So I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that. But that's who he reminds me of. Super quick. That first step is incredible. Um, and he's really long arms. Very Great long. athlete. I think he is. He a looks first like a defensive pick. end, and he's going to be like a three tech. Yeah, and he's a, but he he looks like a defensive end at three twenty six. Yes, um, <laughs> right. Yeah, and so he's going to be a three tech defensive tackle. I think he's I a think little he's, lighter than that. I think he's he's in the three ten range. But well, that's that's what he was listed at on the the Senior Bowl site. So wow, um, really? Gosh. Yeah, uh, he did and that so, on purpose then because he's on the he's on the Oklahoma University site as being 303. So if he came in at 326 and still did what he did during that ooh, week. Ooh. Yeah. Right? Um this is a guy that he's going to be a first round pick and what? pundits are going to be what? pundits are, pundits are going to be like what is this team doing? You could have had him in the second round and then he's going to be great. And the pundits are be like no, I never said that. Uh cuz you know that he happens every year. He was the most year. disruptive player at the senior bowl. I'm just yeah. gonna say it right now. The most he disruptive player. Good. He was the MVP of the game. Two sacks, two tackles for loss, five tackles total. Just pretty much did whatever he wanted to do when he was out there. And during the week too. One of the rubs on Perry and Winfrey all this whole week was a guy that was disconnected, a guy that had trouble being consistent, and he wanted to show everyone that he could be that, and he mm -hmm. was. You he know? was. So I am. He was I am a really excited. Tackle. He was a nose tackle at Oklahoma. Which yes. meant they were they were yes, using they him out played of position. Yes. They were they were playing him out of position. He still looked good. Not a lot of people know that or paid attention to that, but that is they, absolutely a fact. But they they played him at nose tackle, which is not his natural position. At the senior bowl, they moved him to three tech. And his ability to be disruptive is undeniable. I think he's a yeah. Fantastic he helped player. himself at the Senior Bowl, Keith. He's one of the he players did. that really did help himself. I said what to your idea goes, of the first round, but I, he's I right he goes, on that bubble for me. Where I think he's a he goes in the early twenties. I think he, he goes could in go early twenties. The reason that I, I hesitate is that I think a lot of yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. It comes down to value, what teams value, where they're picking, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean that he's a bad player if somebody picks him up at thirty-five yep. or forty or whatever. 
It's um, going to come down for him. It's going to come down to interviews because he does have that reputation for that guy that is a little disconnected, as you said. But if he comes in, he interviews well um, and all of that, and you start to think, look at the senior bowl tape and you go, hey, <laughs> look at the physical attributes. Yeah. You know? And, he, and, and you realize, okay, don't look at his stats because he was playing out of position at nose. Um, and now he's playing at the three. This is a guy that like, he's going to go high and teams are, whatever teams drafts him, he, they're going to be happy with him. I like Perry on Winfrey. In Just draft. based on my own personal um, desires and wishes for a team thou shall not be named. <laughs> I don't want him to go in the first round, Keith. I want I him to be available in the mid forties. You want him to be available at like 43 or whatever it is. Ish. Ish. Um, yep. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. I do. Yeah. And that's where I had him pegged before the senior bowl. And darn it. Yeah. That's where he's going to stay. Cause I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. And right. you want a specific team that you root for yes, to get a massive his- his, yeah, it needs his skill set to yes. get a massive steal in the middle of round two, yes. and then all of a sudden have an elite player that has yes. a first round talent, but they got in round two. Yeah, I know exactly where you're going with that. <laughs> and I think I speak for a number of fans who have this a similar wish mm-hmm. uh, for their team. Yeah, because he's he's one of those players. I mean, really, you know, the the coveted spot in the NFL that everyone seems to want but undervalues for whatever reason is that three tech disruptive pass rushing defensive tackle that seemingly every team needs every team doesn't seem to have but then when it gets time to draft one doesn't really want to spend a first round pick on one so that's why i kind of went what so here's here's i think the last i think the the bottom end of where he gets drafted is the chiefs at 29 or is it 30 it's in that range because Frank Clark's almost certainly going to be gone off their roster. He didn't perform as well this year. Karen Reed is possibly gone as well. Yep. Uh, I mean, he was just a one year, like, you know, yes, late, right. late, late ad um, for them. And, but Frank Clark's um, probably going to be gone because his cap number is crazy and he had an off year. Um, and they need to find some cap room and get it. I think Winfrey ends up just being exactly what they need to be an interior pass rusher disruptive player on a rookie contract that gives them what they need at a low price and i cannot see them getting past the chiefs wow i don't have any other names that i really needed to talk about um during this show if you have one that's fine travis jones you mentioned earlier i thought he was the most physically dominating player at the senior bowl um just didn't put up a ton of stats at six four three twenty six. He's a guy that's an immovable object, mm-hmm. a guy that's going to plug uh, holes and take up double teams and stop the run. Travis Jones out of UConn. The only guy that you didn't mention that <coughs> I think deserves a mention here is Trey McBride, who's the tight end out of Colorado State. And Probably again, consensus number one pick for or not number one pick, number one tight number end, number one tight end. Yep. Because um, you talked about um, Dulcich as the guy that like really showed himself. I think that Trey McBride also did. It was a standout performance for him all week. Um, he's more of he's he's got upside as a blocker, you could say, which basically means he's not great at blocking. Um, but as a pass catcher, he is I, a guy who is so smooth in routes. Yeah, and has I was a concerned great a hands. Bit. 
I came away concerned a little bit. Really? Yeah. And, and the only reason is length. I just, I was a little concerned at his measurables where his arm length came out right at 32 and five eighths, um, which is a little short for that stature at six, four, two forty nine, wingspan at 78. Um, it's, it's the and then a 40, 40 speed at like four, six, five. I just didn't see special there. And so while he might be the top pick at tight end, you know, maybe in, in another class, he might not be. The thing that sh- that he showed that I think he need needed to is his ability to catch the ball through contact and that, you know, he's getting hit, he's getting pushed and whatever. He can still make contact with the ball. His hand-eye coordination is what you need to be a, a great receiving tight end um, in the NFL. And I think that he, that was kind of on display. Yeah. And I think, where do you see him going? What's kind of, his value? I think him. I see him going as the first tight end off the board, probably in the high thirties. Yeah, I agree. 38, 39, 37, Take your pick. And he's um, a young prospect too. He's just turned twenty-two. You know, so I think that you know he's yep. definitely got some upside. I mean, he does a lot of things great. I think mm-hmm. he's a great route runner. Um, I think you know he's he's a, he's got good enough speed and he's elusive enough he knows how to run those routes where he can gain separation against certain matchups so at wide receiver there's a there's a group of really good ones at the top and then there's kind of a, a shelf right where wide receiver a, did you say yeah at wide receiver there's this drop off where you're if you're not getting a guy in the first round or the mid early second then you so where do you think that shelf is keith I mean, are I think, we to, on, a, on a big board? Let's just say, you know, 12 to 15 wide receivers in. Is there a shelf? No, or are we talking 25 think, receivers? Oh, no, no, no. I'm where thinking, a normal I'm, draft I'm, would or, be. I'm thinking earlier than that. Oh, okay. There's, there's, a, there's a shelf at like nine, and then there's another shelf at like 25. Um, and so, but there is that, there's a gap uh, on the big board in that range. And if you're the, if you're the team that needs a weapon, and you're in that range just after the shelf. You're going to grab McBride, and be happy. Interesting. Yeah. No. Interesting. I, th- I think that's where he really? goes. Really. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I could I could see that potentially. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because we haven't really talked a lot about wide receivers. You gave me a chance last week, and I declined <laughs> politely. Uh- I put yeah. you on the spot and said, yeah. "Hey, let's talk about receivers." And I just you're like, "Wasn't quite you ready." You picked the one position I yeah. didn't prepare for. <laughs> well, we talked about them. We had a position group conversation a few, yep. you know, quite a few weeks ago, actually, um, back in November, where we talked about them. And I haven't really looked at them since, to be completely honest with you. And mm-hmm. so it's time that I start getting back into the second round of evaluations on position groups, especially after the Senior Bowl, and reevaluate based on new information and so forth. And then you've got to do that again, you know, when the combine comes around and so forth. Um, so yeah, we need to have that conversation for sure. We do. Again. Um, and, and as you pointed out last week, this is actually a tough position group to evaluate at the senior bowl. Um, because you're talking about the, the, you don't see the routes. You might see the end of the play with it. It's it is really hard, but you, you evaluate based on the routes and their ability to get separation and their ability to beat the press, but that stuff doesn't happen on camera and it makes it really tough. 
Um, Especially now, Keith, where they just decided to broadcast Thursday, Friday practices and Friday is more of a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they do Wednesdays, but NFL, you know, stopped doing Tuesdays and, and uh, Wednesdays um, for the most part. And so you're just kind of reading about other people's evaluations and that's not great. So, yep. so yeah. it, it, it is, I mean, that is, um, it, it's the, it's a really tough position to evaluate for those of us who aren't in mobile. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just, tough. it's tough. So um, I'll, I, I put you on the spot last week i shouldn't have because that was unfair <laughs> no you um, should because i like being but I, accountable but i still did because it was i'm, I'm great. waiting it was for, great it was great entertainment and that's i'm waiting i'm waiting i'm pay, i'm a patient person keith i'm waiting for that moment revenge vulnerability yes <laughs> yes i'm gonna and i'm gonna <sighs> hit you where it hurts the most and you're just not even gonna you're not even gonna know it until it happens you're going to ask me about some offensive linemen. Which I'm, going I'm, offens- about, I'm going to ask you about and, some some beer is what I'm going to do, Keith. Oh, I'm going to ask that. you about, about a beer that exists that I know about that you don't know about. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to get you and we'll gonna, see how, how gonna, good you are. You're going to ask me about a beer that you think I don't know <laughs> exists. And I'm going to be like, wait, okay, here, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me let me pop it open right here. And we'll oh, wait, so, so yeah. let me let me drink some, and I'll tell you, because even though you're talking about a beer from, like, Florida, I happen to have some in my fridge. No. <laughs> right? That is key, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, all right, let's get all out right. of here. Um, what Sounds a fantastic good. show. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, that no, was fun. Enjoy it always. All right, find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at Alpstead NFL. The show's at PF underscore playbook on Twitter. You can find us on our website and YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel. All the shows are up there on as a uh, on video format. And then you can find us on your favorite pa- podcast platform and please subscribe. So until next time, take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. Follow Keith at Myers NFL. Bill is at Altstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.